Hello and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Spartans. It is Thursday, February 28th, 2019, the last day of February this year. Uh, I don't think, it's not a leap year, is it? No, I think next year's a leap year. Either way, <laughs> I should know that. Uh, February 28th, 2019 is the day. I am your host, Will Hunter, welcoming you back into another edition of Locked on Spartans. Thank you so much for, to everyone tuning into the show. If you are a first-time listener, I appreciate you giving the show a listen uh, and hope you stick around for a few episodes. I hope you stick around beyond today because I'm going to be honest with you guys. Today is a light day. Uh, we're right in the middle of uh, th- this little mid-week, whatever you want to call it, bi-week situation Michigan State's got going on. They played Sunday. Uh, they don't play again until Saturday, so we're done talking about the Michigan game for the most part. We can't really talk about the Indiana game yet. It feels too early, and honestly, I'm going to do a full preview of that tomorrow. So i got to figure out things to talk about, just kind of make things up uh, and there's not a, a ton going on right now. There's some interesting stuff I do want to talk about, though. Uh, we're going to start with the first seg- segment, just going around the Big Ten. It's funny. I just realized I spent the first minute of the podcast talking about, hey, this is going to be a bad podcast, but please listen anyway. Ignore all that. This is going to be the best show that I've ever done, frankly, and probably the best episode of uh, any podcast in the history of podcasts. Uh, Serial can go to hell. Uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, Get Out of Here, Oprah. Try again another day. This is going to be the greatest episode in the history of podcasts. So uh, thanks. Oh, there goes my phone. Uh, thanks for tuning in. And I know you're going to agree with me. So <laughs> um, what we're going to talk about, though, around the Big Ten in the first segment, some interesting things happened last night. Uh, some of it impacts Michigan State. Others are just like we're a bit eye popping. And so I do want to talk about that. Uh, segment two, I want to talk about. Aaron Henry and Thomas Kithier, uh, two guys I haven't talked much about in respect to uh, the Michigan game and how that played out, and also just kind of catching up on where these guys are at uh, as we head into the home stretch here. And then for the third segment, uh, you may have seen on Twitter, uh, at on Spartans, at Will underscore underscore Hunter, 1L2 underscores, uh, bringing back the uh, poll of the day, and it probably won't be every single day. Uh, but most days I'm going to try to get some sort of MSU-related poll up. Some will be actually sportsy, like the one we had uh, yesterday. Uh, some will be a little bit sillier. Um, but I'm going to go over yesterday's poll results, and then I'm going to propose a new question in segment three and kind of uh, talk about my answer to it uh, in a little bit longer form than just saying yes or no on a, a Twitter poll. So that's the plan for today. Uh, let's get into it. Actually, real quick, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Always got to remind you guys of that. A lot of you subscribe to the podcast. That's awesome. It's the best way to get the show every single day. Just subscribe uh, and it'll show up on your phone uh, every single morning right around 5 a.m. is when I usually get it up there. So uh, yeah, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. All right, now let's talk about what happened in the Big Ten last night. Okay, so Weird night in the Big Ten, <laughs> to say the least. Um, if you had Penn State taking down Maryland by uh, 20 points, uh, please, you know, hit me up. I'm, I'm, it ended up being 17 points, but 
you know, a huge blowout for Penn State over Maryland. Uh, if you knew that, if you saw that coming, hit me up. I'm going to Vegas the second week of the NCAA tournament. Uh, and if it's not college football, I generally don't know what I'm talking about with regards to gambling and things like that. So I'm probably just going to be tossing away a ton of money to uh, the casinos that, that certainly don't need it. Uh, so if, if you knew that, please uh, get at me, hit me up on Twitter, let me know, uh, and we'll get some picks going, and we'll get some money, and maybe I can actually come back from Vegas on the positive side. Um, but Maryland, who is just uh, you know kind of jockeying for position right now in that second tier of the Big Ten, pretty much uh, you know, fighting with Wisconsin to see who's going to get the four seed and that... Uh, you know, that extra buy in the tournament always helps. And as I try to scroll to my Big Ten page, I'm on the wrong tab, which is pretty typical. And we're back. Okay. Uh, and Maryland had a game up on Wisconsin. They had the advantage. They had the inside track. And, yeah, Maryland does have, uh, you know, some tough games left. They do have to host Michigan. Uh, but they get or a tough game left, not some tough games left. Uh, they they host Michigan, which is a tough game for Maryland. Uh, should be a close one there. And then they have Minnesota at home, which they should win. Uh, and all they had to do basically was go on the road and beat Penn State. Uh, and they're looking at a really solid shot at getting one of those uh, top four seeds. Uh, and now uh, it's not so sure because they could lose to Michigan. Uh, you know, Wisconsin <laughs> also doesn't want to be the four seed for some reason. They lose to Indiana in double overtime the other night in what was just uh, a, a game that set basketball back uh, a couple of decades. So those two teams are kind of fighting for who doesn't want to be the four seed for some reason. Um, and that uh, impacts Michigan State for a couple of reasons. Um, well, one reason, really. It's, it's that 1-4 matchup that you would get in the Big Ten tournament semifinals. Um, you know, the winner of it, I'm sure it'll be unless something weird happens, which could, Iowa could find its way back in there. They're just a game back, but you know, Maryland, Wisconsin playing for that four or five, uh, game, uh, assuming Wisconsin gets their win or whoever the five seed is gets their win. The winner of that, uh, seems likely to match up with Michigan state There's a good chance there. So, uh, you know, I don't know if you have a preference, I would you know, because it's not in Wisconsin, I would rather probably play Wisconsin. I think they have a little bit less talent. Uh, and Michigan State <clears throat> matches up really well with them, although Michigan State went to Wisconsin and beat them by eight, uh, and I think match up with well with them as well. But that was a really interesting thing that happened in the Big Ten the other night. And then the one that directly impacts Michigan State the most is, uh, and this is just kind of crazy, you may not have seen it, so uh, Purdue hosted Illinois. And Illinois, to their credit, uh, has played some good basketball of late for the most part. Uh, had a nice four-game win streak in conference, won five of six, including a win over Michigan State, a road win against Ohio State, uh, beating Maryland as well. So Illinois was playing really well, but you didn't think they are going to go into Purdue and challenge Purdue. And this was a game, if Purdue lost this, all of a sudden Michigan State is looking real good, uh, really solid chance of winning the conference outright. Uh, you need Purdue to slip up here if you want to win the conference outright. Um, you know, handle your business against Michigan. Have Purdue slip up once, and you're good. And this game, you you may look at the box score and see, ah, Purdue wins 73 to 56, and not even give it a, a second glance. But I just need to, for the people who don't know, and, and I promise I'll be quick, and then we'll move on to the next segment here. Um, <laughs> for the people who weren't watching uh, this game. Although it ended up 
uh, in pretty much you know kind of a blowout. Uh, it was actually tied, forty-eight to forty-eight, with nine minutes left in the game. Forty-eight to forty-eight, and it ended up seventy-three to fifty-six. Illinois was right there; they were in it. They had a chance, and over the last nine and a half minutes of the game, they got outscored <laughs> twenty-five to eight. They turned a tie game with nine and a half minutes left going against a, a top team in the conference, an AP-ranked team, would be a huge win for the, uh, Illinois. You know, they're way outside the bubble, but, you know, project, you know, shoot them into the Big Ten tournament, riding, getting, feeling good again, riding high, some momentum uh, as they get to the end of their season. Uh, maybe they get a chance, give someone a scare and advance in the Big Ten tournament. Who knows what happens from there? Uh, and they... <laughs> get outscored by 17 points in the final nine and a half minutes and Purdue just waxes them and it's like the game was never even close Illinois was up at halftime by one Purdue wins the second half 41 to 23 uh, and that's all she wrote so that wasn't a game we were uh, looking at for Purdue to potentially lose because it was Illinois at home um, but their next three are going to be the ones that kind of test them a little bit more. Ohio State at home, and Ohio State is still, you know, a really solid basketball team with good players. Just crushed Iowa the other night, uh, and really need to do a good job here down the stretch. Like if Ohio State beats Purdue, uh, in Purdue, that's going to be, you know, you can almost punch their ticket at that point. So it's just an absolutely massive game for Ohio State, and then Purdue has to go to Minnesota and to Northwestern. Uh, not great teams they're playing. Minnesota is one of the I've seen as one of the, the either last four out of the tournament or in that next group of, of being left out of the tournament. So they're on the bubble. They need a huge win. Uh, so, you know, Illinois couldn't get it done. So you're hoping Purdue drops one of those last three games and Michigan State can get an undisputed Big Ten title. That would be a, a pretty cool accomplishment this season. All right. Going to break. Oh, actually, I'm not going to break right there. I want to say one more thing. Oh, and I can't because Twitter's down right now. Uh, damn. Um, after the Illinois Purdue game, uh, Brad Underwood said something about Carson Edwards. Uh, they knew he wasn't going to pass because he, uh, and then just sort of like this. I'm like, what? He, did he even have an assist tonight or something like that? Some, you know, backhanded, not even a compliment, just like really <laughs> kind of criticized Carson Edwards. Uh, who did finish with 23 points and no assists and six turnovers in their win against Illinois. So again, uh, if you want to say Carson Edwards is the Big Ten Player of the Year, uh, get out of my face. I, I will fight you over this. Uh, he, Carson Edwards is shooting 39.6% from the floor this year, so I don't even want to hear arguments for him. That's the end of the segment. Um, when we get back, I want to talk about uh, Aaron Henry and Thomas Kithier, their uh, performances in the Michigan game and kind of where they're at so far in this freshman season for these two guys. Uh, real quick, though, uh, I've been telling you about this survey we're doing. Uh, we need some help. There's a survey that the Lockdown Podcast Network has put together for uh, listeners to take. Uh, and basically, you can tell us what you like about shows, what you don't like, learn a little bit more about you and things like that and help make the shows better for you. It shouldn't take too long, 10, 15 minutes to complete the survey. And by participating, you enter for a chance to win a $250 Vivid Seats gift card. Uh, all you have to do is visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. Uh, one more time, that's LockedOnPodcasts.com slash survey. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, welcome back to Locked On Spartans. Let's uh, let's talk about Aaron Henry and Thomas Kithier. Uh, I want to start with Aaron Henry, who, you know, he only played 16 minutes. He got three fouls, uh, scored four points, had two rebounds and two assists. So actually had a good offensive rating, uh, made both his free throws and went one of two from two and actually took an assertive three-pointer that I thought he was going to make. Um, so that was nice to see. But the big thing was he just couldn't stay on the floor, uh, you know, gets into foul trouble early then gets into foul trouble. Uh, he sat for a, a long stretch in the first half with two fouls. Come out in the second half, 30 seconds in, gets his third foul and sits for a while. Uh, but then was able to come back in and play some good minutes. And I think, uh, you know, he's showing a lot of promising things for sure, but there's also these freshman moments uh, in big spots. And, you know, that's a tough spot for, for a true freshman to, you know, to come in and make an impact. And a lot more is being asked of him than I think he anticipated and the coaches anticipated. And I know a lot of people were kind of disappointed with uh, his game because there just wasn't a ton of production there. But I thought when he was able to, you know, after the three fouls, when he was able to get back on the floor in the second half, he was part of the group uh, that did a really good job defensively uh, and was, you know, part of the group that totally stymied Michigan uh, for the last 10 minutes or so in the game. And, uh, you know, fouling and things like that, uh, you know, that sort of stuff you get better at. You learn the college game. You learn how officials call stuff. Uh, you just get smarter, better at basketball. I'm not worried about anything like that, sticking with him long-term. Um, but I have been impressed with his ability to kind of bounce back. And it seems like uh, what you see uh, and hear, uh, what you see in the game, what you hear in talking to him or press conferences and things like that is that Aaron Henry uh, at times is lacking a little bit of confidence, right? The the role he's been thrown into is a big role on a really good team that has huge aspirations. And, um, you know, at times that can be overwhelming and it seems like at times it's overwhelmed him. You know, his uh, just almost refusal to take a, a three-point shot, uh, you know, he, he goes stretches of games he's taken one two three four five six six threes in the last month and hasn't hit a three uh since uh january 17th which was that nebraska game uh and you know before that he hit one against ohio state you know he's only hit a handful on the season uh shooting yeah six of 21 on the season from three and he's someone who came in as you know a player with the ability to shoot the three and i think he could definitely be a mid to high 30 percentage uh, shooter somewhere, you know, 35 to 37 percent from the arc. But that's just something that's going to have to come with time and with confidence. Um, but you have to, I think, admire when he's going through a game that is just obviously not going according to plan for him, right? He getting into foul trouble, getting sat on the bench, 
uh, and just not being able to contribute in any way against Michigan is just a, a sort of a nightmare scenario for him, right? Uh, and, you know, luckily Kyle Arns was there to pick him up and play big minutes and do a good job. Um, but I think for him to have that just brutal start to the game, getting benched for a long time, getting a, the brutal start to the second half, and then for him to bounce back and play really solid defense uh, and make some plays on the offensive end, grab a rebound in the second half, make uh, he had a nice assist there as well. Uh, he had like a jump stop in the lane and made a pass for a bucket. Uh, for him to show that resiliency within that game, uh, I thought was nice. And, you know, he's a guy I continue to be really high on and I think is going to make a huge jump uh, from this year to next year. As for Thomas Kithier, I thought, you know, he only played 11 minutes, but they were impactful. The 11 minutes were impactful. Uh, first thing I think of is that huge block he had uh, towards the end of the game on Iggy. Uh, you know, he had three rebounds in 11 minutes, one on the offensive end, made his only shot, which was, you know, he like, uh, what he, he like slipped, uh, from his screen, high screen roll, slipped on in the lane, took a nice pass and then just laid in an easy layup and anything you get from him kind of offensively, I think is, is, is gravy, but he is, if he's rebounding, if he's defending hard, if he's blocking shots, which he did all that against Michigan, you know, and he's doing that in 10 minutes or so on the floor, that's that's all you can ask for him. And he's been super impactful with a limited time he's gotten on the floor. And I know me personally, that's not, I, I didn't expect this from him. I thought out of the five freshmen, based on the people that were in front of him, uh, you know, the fact that he didn't play his senior year in high school and he was the least heralded of the five recruits, which you know, whatever that means, if you, however much stock you want to put into recruiting rankings, you know, I thought Kithier was perhaps the least likely to contribute uh, a ton on the team this year, but he certainly proved himself, you know, the, the comparison to Matt Costello, you know, I think actually fits. Sometimes we do these comparisons because guys are the same height, look the same, uh, same skin tone, things like that. Uh, and it's not totally accurate. Uh, maybe it happens more in the NFL with receivers uh, that play for the New England Patriots. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's been happening a lot with Kithier, the comparison to Matt Costello, and I think it's more than just cosmetic. I think I see a lot of similarities in the energy, the ability to rebound, the ability to play hard defense, to alter shots. Uh, there's certainly skill in the post there. You've seen it at times. Uh, it's just not going to be a featured thing with this offense. He can definitely finish around the rim. Uh, plays above the rim a little bit. And I think just as he keeps going and keeps developing, he's going to end up being a really good player. And I think he's going to play, you know, Ward's going to be out at least until the Big Ten tournament at the earliest and might be just coming back for the NCAA tournament. Kithier's going to have a role, and it's going to be a really important role, and it's going to be 10 outstanding minutes with energy, rebounding and blocking shots and defense. Um and you know rim running and stuff like that in transition setting good screens all the little glue guy stuff uh that we you know don't frankly give enough attention to but uh i am looking forward to watching him play over the next few games i think he's been mostly excellent there's times where he has freshman moments where he's kind of uh thinking out there like oh how do i defend this screen uh action how do i defend this instead of just knowing it because he's seen it a bunch and just defending it. Um, but that stuff's going to come with time and he's already improved 
at certain things. He's he's had big challenges like having to guard Caleb Wesson, who just schooled him twice, and then Kithier gets the best of him the next two possessions. So you, it was cool to see things like that within the game where he's getting beat, and then he just kind of it's like he downloads whatever the person is doing uh, offensively against him and then adjusts and makes a counter move and has success doing it. So I think there's some brains there, certainly, as a defender. Uh, and I've just been super impressed with how he's you know, played in this stretch. He was excellent, again, against Michigan for 11 minutes. He was awesome. Uh, and I expect that to continue with the great energy and defense that he's brought so far, as well as some offensive rebounding and, and things like that. So... Super, uh, super pleasantly surprised with what we've got from Kithier and looking forward to watching him develop, uh, certainly over the next few seasons. Okay, let's break right there for segment two. When we come back, I'll go over the poll of the day results from yesterday's poll, and I will introduce the poll of the day for today. Uh, Real quick, though, did you know you can play this podcast in your car using a smart device? Yeah. That's right, in the same way you use your navigation, like your voice assist your, for your phone, you know, say, hey, car, call mom, hey, car, navigate me over here, navigate me there, you can actually use that voice command to play a podcast. It's super easy, all you do is say, play podcast Locked on Spartans, and the latest episode of Locked on Spartans will start playing in your car. How great is that? You don't even have to fumble with your phone, worry about getting pulled over, getting into an accident, or anything dangerous like that. All you do, you say, play podcast Locked on Spartans to your car, uh, and it will play the latest episode of this podcast. Okay, welcome back to segment three of today's Locked on Spartans. Let's talk about some Twitter polls uh, again. I post these polls at the official Locked on Spartans Twitter account, which is at on Spartans. Uh, pretty easy one there. You can follow there, and I will post the tweet or post the polls there. And then, if you want to follow me uh, at will underscore underscore hunter one l two underscores, and that one I retweet them uh, and get them out there as well. So a couple different ways to vote on the poll. So yesterday I asked. Will all three of Cassius Winston, Nick Ward, and Josh Langford return for their senior seasons? Got 61 votes on this sucker uh, as of you know midnight-ish here as we turn into Thursday. Uh, 64% of respondents said yes, and 36% said no. Um, I would flip that if I was going to you know put odds on all three of them just because Nick Ward, I think, is 50-50, and then you go from there. Uh, but hey, I, th- I think there's a real chance all three come back. Uh, and if they do, Michigan State will be lining up for another uh, special season. Okay, today's poll of the day is going to be, uh, should be up, you know, depending on when you listen to this, I will post it when I get up in the morning, depending on when you listen to it, it may or may not be up yet, but it'll be up at some point in the day. The poll is pretty simple, and it's just flatly this. If Michigan State had their season end today, right now, Thursday, February 28th, 2019, before the regular season ends, before the conference tournament, before the NCAA tournament, their season ended right now, would it be considered a success? Um, And by that, uh, I'm taking into consideration uh, what the team has done without Josh Langford, what the team has done uh, over a stretch without Nick Ward with a really huge win uh, thrown in there. 
you know, Tom Izzo is one of the 15 finalists for Naismith Coach of the Year, and I think he should be named as a finalist for as poor of a job that maybe he did last season at times. Uh, I think Tom Izzo has done a really good job this year, him and his entire staff, uh, you know, showing flexibility. Uh, you know, the offense has been retooled in a different way. There's more uh, flow in it. You know, we've talked previously on the show how we visited the Warriors and they took some of the stuff that they do uh, from Golden State. And you've seen that with the ball movement, things like that. Uh, you saw it a lot more in the early season for sure. And then Langford's injury kind of, you know, made that a little bit tougher, but there's still some of that there. And then even something like uh, the defense they used against Michigan. John Beeline said uh, yesterday during a press availability that he had never seen Michigan State run that defense ever. Him, uh, nobody on his staff had seen them switch one through five like that ever. Uh, And I was thinking the same thing. I mean, you know, that's become switching one through five has kind of become the sort of status quo right in the NBA where you have a bunch of guys between 6'3 and 6'9 on the floor, and they're all really athletic and versatile and can switch 1 through 5 and defend pretty much anyone. Uh, and, and just like the communication so solid and things like super elite basketball players and stuff like that. So it works at that level. Uh, I don't think you see, you don't see switching as much uh, in the college game. And when you see switching, it's very rarely everyone's switching everything all the time. And Michigan State did that against Michigan, um, you know, to counter some of the versatility and some of the redundancies in uh, Michigan's offensive skill set and Michigan State's defensive skill set. The guys guarding them could do similar things against, uh, you know, it didn't matter whether Goins was on Brad Zekas, Matthews, uh, you know, Poole, he could guard all of them. Uh, and same with McQuaid's, Arns, cycling through it all. And it really impacted Michigan's ability to get to the rim. And, uh, you know, at times there were mismatches that Michigan took advantage of. But overall, uh, I think the scheme worked uh, in, you know, just making life tough on Michigan, especially in the second half. If Michigan State rebounds in the first half, or even rebounds a little bit, you know, Michigan scores like 60-something points in that game. The biggest defensive detriment Michigan State had in that game Uh, was the rebounding and some of that is caused by a a mismatch on a switch Uh, but they did a really good job adjusting in the second half and I think Michigan State's done that a ton this year they've been awesome in second halves uh, and you have to give credit to to Izzo for that so I think Izzo's been you know doing a really for the most part an outstanding job same with everyone else on the staff and there's a lot of guys like you got Cassius who's in contention for Big Ten Player of the Year and should win Big Ten Player of the Year Nick Ward's made strides. Uh, Josh Langford was playing well before he got hurt. Xavier Tillman has been really well, like really improved. Kenny Goins has been awesome. Everyone's playing really well on this team. Like pretty much everyone is playing above expectations. And so there's just a lot of positivity going on with this team. And they're preseason like 18th or something in the polls. And they've been sitting comfortably in the top 12 pretty much the entire season you know, between like 4 and 12 the entire season in the AP poll, and they've been one of the best teams in Ken Palm. Uh, they've got a lot of huge wins. They've competed against one of the toughest schedules in all of college basketball and have a great record, uh, you know, 23-5, and five, probably going to finish, you know, 25-6 and six or 26-5 and five in the regular season. You win a few conference tournament games, and you win 28-29 games. Uh, this year, that's a hell of a season. So 
that's sort of the premise. Taking all that into consideration, has Michigan State had a successful season thus far? And I think, um, yeah, yes. If I if I'm, I'm uh, if I'm voting on this, if I had to click just yes or no, one word answer, I would click yes, but barely. Uh, I think going into the beginning of the season, we thought Michigan State would be one of the better two better teams in the conference. Uh, and would have a good shot at winning the conference. And so with that as the expectation, anything kind of short of that would be a bit of a disappointment. You know, if they finish second in the conference and make a deep run into March, then the season's a success. And if they win the Big Ten uh, and get to the Sweet 16, then I still think this, the season's a success, although not to the length or the extent that it could be. So I think what they've done so far is enough to consider the season a success, but just barely because the expectations... Uh, were you know Big Ten championship? I think the injuries to Langford for the, pretty much the entire conference season and how they've played since then, and then losing Ward and still being able to hold off Ohio State, beat Rutgers, and then beat Michigan on the road. Like you have to take that in consideration. If I told you beginning of the season, hey Langford's going to be out before Big Ten play gets going, he's going to miss the entire season practically, and Nick Ward is going to miss. Uh, the Michigan road game and probably the last handful of games at the end of the season as well. Uh, I don't think I would have said, yeah, that team probably wins the conference. I would have thought, darn, that sucks. They were really good. But, you know, with those injuries factored in, they probably finished third or fourth in the conference. And that's, uh, you know, that's okay. That's still a good season because you're losing a lot of minutes and big games from really good players. And they just have been playing over their head the entire time despite those injuries. So I think... With all that context into consideration, I'm going to vote yes on this poll, but just barely. So have your say at OnSpartans on Twitter, at Will underscore underscore Hunter on Twitter. The poll will be posted there. Uh, Either already it's up or it will be posted there very soon, depending on when you are listening to this. That is the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new edition of Locked on Spartans. Uh, Michigan State travels to Indiana to try to avenge that just terrible, shitty, awful loss from the beginning of February. So that will be the focus of our show tomorrow, a full Indiana preview. We'll talk about what happened last game, what went wrong, and what Michigan State needs to do to correct that and be able to go into Bloomington and get out of there with a victory. So that is tomorrow on Locked on Spartans. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow. Until then, go green.